For six generations, the Jones family has been providing high-quality meats. And now, we're providing treats for the best member of your family, man's best friend, aka the goodest boys and girls. Jones Natural Shoes makes bones and treats that are sure to be savored by your dog and are made from the best natural ingredients available. Our flavorful chews are made from natural animal parts and will have your puppy drooling with happiness. From treats like sticks and chews to savory bones and patties, we've got you covered for finding the perfect reward for that special pup in your life. Jones Natural Chews come in all sizes, so make sure to choose the right treat for your pup. And remember, it's important to be supervising your pup when they're enjoying their treats to keep your puppy safe. Jones Natural Chews, available at a pet store near you. Or visit jonesnaturalchews.com to get started with our store locator tool. That's Jones Natural Chews, available at a pet store near you. Peace, peace, fam. Your girl Sequoia Blue back with another podcast. Now today I want to talk about why I never quit the music industry. <laughs> I think this is an important topic because, you know, we, we, we always talk about lawyers, doctors, and all these great positions, which is awesome if you, you know, want to do those things. But there's also entertainers out there that are passionate and help the world, you know, because you, when you go home and you're tired, sometimes you want to listen to some good music, some soothing music, rather it's jazz, or it could be your favorite R&B singer, or whatever your favorite style of music is when you're relaxing. Um, or either you might be going to a party and you just want to have a good time and hear some good music. And that's when we, you know, artists come in, right? So a lot of times people say, well, you know, <laughs> most people in the, especially in the black community, become entertainers, basketball players. That's all they feel like they should be or want to do, whatever. Now, you know, that I don't agree with that. I think that that is more so pushed upon us because a lot of times in school, especially with my experience, a lot of times teachers don't make you feel like you want to learn because when you're a kid, you're going to school, you're getting up early, you're tired and you're getting, some people got picked on. You can't focus on academics the way you want to focus. And I think sometimes like some of the students get, insecure and they just feel like, you know, I cannot be this doctor. I can't do this or that. And they just somehow get caught up in music. It could be from the church if you're a singer or it could be from just you listen to your favorite singer growing up and you're just like, oh, I just want to I want to be a singer. Are you, you know, are you just play basketball because that's all you could do because you were too stressed out about, you know, your academics and you feel like, well, basketball makes me feel happy and I want to do basketball. And it's just, it just kind of came to you, you know, wasn't forced on you. And sometimes it can be forced on you by family, but most of the time it's not. And you just kind of fall into the situation. Now, (laughs) with that being said, I started doing music years ago and a decade ago, really, I was, (laughs) I said years ago, I mean, a decade ago, I mean, I want to say I started taking it seriously years ago. Like I started understanding the business side of it years ago, but I started singing when I was like 12 years old (laughs) and um, I didn't even know that it was, you know, I didn't think about it as a career at 12, of course, because you're just, you're just singing. You're just having a good time. You're not comparing yourself to anybody. You just, you go to the daycare, you know, like the YMCA. I went, you know, to YMCA a lot or just random daycares my mom took me to. And one of the ways for me to fit in was singing. So (laughs) I would start singing, you know, that was my thing. And you know, at the time it was D'Angelo was the, was the man and Aaliyah. 
Um, you know, it, those were the times where music was totally different. So I was singing some Chico DeBarge and, you know, some Kelly Price. So I grew up singing them and I was just in love with music. I was like, this is fun. I don't, you know, I'm not thinking about being, I wasn't thinking about being a millionaire or anything like that. But at the time, you know, it, you realize that you have a passion for something. Cause it's like, I was never good in school. Like I wasn't like a, a straight A student where I'm just sitting here getting straight A's and I just, my future looks bright. I'm going to Harvard or Howard University or wherever. It wasn't that way for me. So at that time, all I had was music because at first I thought I could do basketball, but that didn't work out because I wasn't as tall as I thought I was. And I just, it just wasn't for me, even though I could have, I could have been a great basketball player, but I think that it wasn't meant to be (laughs) the way I thought it was. So the next best thing was music. And I just kept singing randomly. And then I think when I hit 15 was when I realized, oh, I have to be, you know, well, according to other people, oh, I have to be in competition. I have to sing a certain way. I have to be this way, you know, and that's when I just failed. (laughs) When I was trying to be someone else at 15, I lost confidence. I just didn't, I think for me, I just couldn't, I couldn't see that I was good the way I was. I mean, I always had to improve, of course, because, you know, you get better over time. You have to practice, you know, singing, just like you have to practice playing basketball. You have to practice singing. So I always knew I had to practice to get better, and which I did do. But I just felt like if I had not been thinking about other artists and trying to compare myself, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't have been as, as secure. And I think in our community, especially in the black community, as far as music, we we have to be like the church girls. We have to sing like everyone else. Like our community thinks that if Beyonce sings like this, you have to sing like that. Or if um, Whitney Houston sings like this, you have to sing like that. If Mariah Carey sings like this, you have to sing like that. And it's like, well, no, you don't. <laughs> because now if you're a manufactured artist and this was just pushed upon you and that's just something that you just like, well, I have to do this because, well, my mama told me, or, well, I just so happened to land in the lap of a producer. He told me to do this. I don't really have no passion for it. Like some people are in that predicament, whereas they have to do it like that. And they end up being a copy of a Beyonce or Whitney Houston or whatever. And that's fine if that's what they want to do. But I have a a true passion, passion. Like it's my, my baby, you know, it's something that is a spiritual thing for me. So it's not just me saying, I'm going to sing this song because I want everybody to love me and love everything I do. No, (laughs) you know, maybe in my early twenties, I thought that was the case because I didn't understand the business side of music. But now, you know, at the age I'm at now, I'm just sitting here like, uh, I don't really need everyone to like me. I don't need to sing like everyone else. You know, I could just be me and have a good old time. And I don't have to be a millionaire for my music. If I make a few dollars a month, I can be okay with that. As long as I can do albums to the day I, I leave this earth, that's all I need. Because all I need, I mean, the fact that a few thousand people hear me all the time and I'm on Spotify, I, my music is everywhere. You can Google me and you'll see my music. That to me is gratifying. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And this was something to me that's amazing. So to me, it's like, you can still be a successful artist, even if you're rather you're making a few dollars or rather you're making a hundred thousand a year as an artist, but a hundred thousand a year is still good because, well, 
you're making money as an artist, you're making a living and you're doing something you love to do. And you don't have to deal with the fame part and the bad contracts. And that's another topic, but we're getting to that in a minute. <laughs> but, but the thing about it is, is that now when, I mean, there was a time where I was just feeling like, you know, especially in my mid twenties, like, I don't want to do this. Why am I doing music? Like, you know, in my er- and especially in my early 20s, because I didn't have a lot of money. You know, my first college was Orange to Win. I didn't get to finish because of money issues. So it was kind of like, what do I do now? I can't be audio producer because I, I couldn't finish the college at the time because of money and, and stuff like that, because I didn't understand, you know, financial aid. I didn't understand um, loans and how it worked, even though I didn't qualify for financial aid back then. But I didn't understand how loans work. I didn't understand anything, you know? <laughs> so, um, I got duped by that particular school, the Arsuena, and that's something that a lot of my friends got duped. They had to go to full sale or either just some just taught themselves how to do it and became very, very wealthy. So, I mean, I think that, I think that, you know, that can be soul crushing because it's like, oh, you know, I can't even, you know, finish this particular you know, a course that was going to propel me into the music, music industry in another way. Right. So after that, it was like, well, what do I do? Like, I don't have an, I'm not making a lot of money. I don't, you know, didn't go to another college after that. Like as far as um, immediately at that time, right after that. So I was like, well, how am I going to survive? How am I going to do music? Cause what people to fail to understand with music is that it's an investment and it's not just you having a great voice and just going out here and saying, Oh, I can sing. So everybody's going to sign me. No, it's about you. It's a business. So you have to invest in what you're trying to do and not only invest in just getting your studio time and all these things, or you also have to invest in your, your talent, your voice, paying vocal coaches, paying. It was a whole thing. And at the time it was like, I wasn't making enough to be like, yeah, I could just go and pay this producer for this beat and do this. I wasn't. And then, you know, and when I was approached by certain people in my twenties, you know, these are some people that may have been in industry or just other people that just say, Hey, I like what you're doing. I want to invest. They were trying to own all my publishing, <laughs> most of my publishing. And at that time I was, I became intellectually curious at the age of like 20 years old. And I just started reading stuff. I started reading stuff and I was like, Oh, Oh no, you're not. <laughs> you're not going to own my publishing because my music is my baby. So for me, what you do at that moment could affect your long-term life. So whatever you give up at that moment could affect you later in life. And I didn't want that. And I knew that that wasn't the right way to go. So I think at that time it was like, well, how, you know, cause at the time I was dating someone and he was just like, just focus on your music full time for a few years and let's just get out there. But he wasn't investing in me. He wasn't helping me. It was just me by myself. And so I wasn't getting anywhere. So I was like, well, what can I do to, what other skill sets do I have? And at the time, cause all I knew was music. All I knew how to do was music. So when I, over the years of going through my depression for five, six years, I started getting into, um, researching more. Like what else do I, what else do I have a talent? What other talents do I have? So I wrote a book. So I wrote a book and then I got into, um, I got into tech. So what the, the pivotal point of my life was when I got into the tech field. And that was because I needed to invest in my music and all these companies and these so-called labels and all these people, they all want to own you somehow, or either it's because you don't have any leverage. <laughs> I had no leverage. Like, I think if you have some leverage and you, you probably could do a better deal. Cause I'm not going to sit here and say all record contracts are bad or all. No, I'm not going to say that because they all aren't. A lot of them are majority of them are, but there's a few that do, um, 
that will help you, you know? So I think that, um, at the time I had no leverage and I couldn't get that type of deal that I wanted, you know, and stuff. And then, you know, so at that time I was like, okay. And I couldn't be consistent because I had so many songs in my head, but I couldn't afford beats and all this other stuff back in my early twenties. So it was kind of harder for me to actually come up with, to show people that I have different styles of music at the time. And that caused me a security. And then also trying to be like other people, listening to haters or people that, and then everybody's a hater, but just listening to people that may not agree with my style of singing, which is fine. Cause everybody doesn't like every singer, you know, some of the favorite singers I like, some people just don't like, and that's fine. But I didn't understand that, <laughs> you know, in your early twenties, you're impressionable. You don't know when you're and even in my teenage years, you're impressionable. You don't know. So I didn't know that you could actually have a fan base for your particular style of music. But when I got out there into the real world in my twenties, I saw punk rock artists and I ding on sure don't like punk rock. It's not my thing, but punk rock artists make uh, millions of dollars a year, you know? And it doesn't, and their style is not even normal style singing. Sometimes it's all over the place. It's different. Sometimes you're just yelling. You're like, whoa, what are they doing? And so I feel like for black artists, we're not allowed to do that. We can't just be different. We can't just go on there and, and, and yell and be, and just express who we are. And I think that has to change. And that's something I'm going to work on to help change because why do we all have to be all alike? We're all not a monolith. We can we all have different styles of singing because even if somebody can sing like Whitney Houston from with practice and diligence and all this, does that mean that they want to like, why can't black artists have their own style? Just like a punk rock artist. just like a country artist. Why can't we just enjoy our differences and enjoy our styles of music? Um, and that's something that I don't understand about our community, but I do feel like it's changing. I feel like now there's more artists that are more out of the box that's getting some more attention. And also with the with people investing more into their own careers, they're getting more attention because all labels do is invest in what you're trying to do. Like if you're resourceful, you know where to find stuff and you have the money, you can do the same thing the labels are doing. You just don't, and you can hire people to help you achieve that goal. Now in my twenties, did I know that? No, but I also didn't have the bread. But I think now artists now um, need to take heed because if you're sending stuff to these labels and even if they're not signing you, let's say you're, you're doing the right thing, you're doing music every day and they're not signing you, start researching on music um, companies, like not, not just like music managers or music labels, but like research companies that can help you as far as social media marketing because you get some Facebook ads, you get some Google ads and be consistent and drop a good amount of money, not 20 bucks, but some real money. Somebody will like your music and start buying your stuff. It's all marketing dogs. Like that's all this whole thing is about it, with music. So, because it's all about you finding your tribe and just like the good Steph Golden would say, which is a, he's a accomplished book, uh, publisher. Um, he wrote a really great book. Um, and I can't remember the name of it right now, but look up Seth Golden. But he basically said, if you have five people that like your stuff, that means you're some good. So my thing is like, if you have more than five people, if you have a few thousand, well, gosh darn it, that means you have some type of tribe, but there was something that you're not doing to get to them. You're so worried about what other people think or well, not everybody, but I'm just saying some people are more worried about everybody think, or either if you're not worried about what people think, you're worried about, well, can I handle this on my own? I need help. Well, then you need to do the research to find your team and invest. So a lot of artists, um, a lot of times people want to just focus on one thing when it comes to music and that's fine. 
I think that's that's perfect. Like if you can deal with maybe sleeping on people's couches for a few years until you get out there, if that's all you want to focus on, then that's fine. But also you have to understand some artists do, most artists do need to work. You need to work somewhere so you can invest in your business because this is a business. And, you know, I used to think, well, I see all these great singers, you know, especially in Atlanta and all over the world on YouTube and stuff. And they're like a 10 in singing. And you're like, well, why aren't they bigger? You know, they'll get a deal. Some of them get a deal and you still don't really see much of them. But this whole thing is, is about creativity as well as a business. And um... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and also, deep down, people want something different. I think that a lot of times people don't really know what they want until they see it, but... A lot of times people want something different. They, you know, and, and some of the artists that do come out with a different, different twing get more attention than some singers that are 10, you know? So I think that that's what it boils down to. But for now, I just want to talk about the independent artists, <laughs> like the ones that want to stay independent. Um, you're going to have to invest in what you want to do. You're going to, you know, if you want to stay independent on your own ish and you live at your own accord, you know, whereas you travel when you want to do a show, you don't not forced to do a show when you don't want to, you know what I mean? So you can still live your life because one thing I've learned is that you are you before your music, before you are your music, you are you first and you come first before your music or anything else that you're doing, you come first. So you want to make sure that you're feeding yourself first before you just say, you know, you know, um, okay, focus on the music, feed yourself first, make sure that you have your sustainability together. But like I said, if it's, if, if your sustainability is sleeping on people's couches for a while, just so you can work part-time so you can focus on your music, then that's fine. But if your thing is like, like me, for instance, when I had gotten to the tech field at 26, 27 years old, I was like, I need some money to invest in my career. I don't want to sleep on people's couches. I can't, you can't always depend on mom and daddy because if something happened to them, well, how are you going to support yourself? So you have to prepare yourself now for later. And, and not even just that, it's just, you know, even with roommates and stuff, things may not work out. So you want to make sure that, you know, you have something coming in to uh, sustain yourself and, you know, but for me, it was like, I just wanted to live my life as well while I'm on this journey. I wanted to have a nice piece of steak. I wanted to have a decent car to get around in. I didn't want to just live that, that life of just sleeping on couches and and waiting for something to happen to me and working part-time and barely making enough money to afford pictures and things I need. That's stupid. So for me, for what I'm trying to do and for people that want to still live while they're going after a dream, those are, those are who I'm talking to, you know, because you know, you still, you want to live your life still. You don't want to, you don't want to, I mean, you could, you're chasing your purpose. That's great, but you still need to live. Like, I mean, there's so many gurus out here saying, oh, well, you don't need, you need to just focus on building 24 seven. And that's, you know, that's fine. That's an opinion, but you, you can measure out what you need to do. There's not even enough stuff for people to do for 24 hours all day, back to back like that. So there's times where you need to take six hours and then watch that movie or maybe go for a jog or play your video game or do whatever, because life is really short and we're not going to be here forever. And you don't know what's going to happen to you tomorrow. And you want to at least wake up and say, Hey, I had that nice piece of steak that day, or, Hey, I bought those nice pair of shoes that I always wanted. 
you know, or either, hey, you know what, I was able to watch that movie. I like, you know, you know, so I just think that living is, is it trumps a lot of things. You just need to live first. But um, that's that's just my opinion. Nothing I say here is factual, but I'm just, you know, well, some stuff are some things are facts. So, at least, you know, but uh, some of the stuff that I say that's more opinion oriented, that's my opinion as far as like, you know, life and how you should live, because that's up to you. You have to decide how you want to live your life. Um, so I got into the tech field and I started making money instantly. Like I was able to get a job, you know, like, well, immediately, <laughs> like I was able to get into the industry and I was making really good money. I didn't know I was that good with tech, with technology until, I mean, I knew I was, I knew I was good with computers, but you know, I always thought that IT was for some wizards or some type of Harvard grad or some, somebody else, but you know, that was still the child me thinking that I couldn't learn or I, I wasn't good enough. And I think I just, that that time I was up against the wall, I was 26 years old. And I said, I have to do something because I need to make money to, to take care of myself and to invest in what I want to do. So I did it. I took the certification. Um, I was able to get into the field. And after that, I was, I was able to do a lot of things within the four years after that, like I was able to get a MacBook Pro that I needed. I was able to buy some little equipment that I, you know, to try to get my studio where it needs to be. And it took a process. It's still, and I finally just now got even better equipment now for my studio. So now it's going to be even better. Whereas I really don't have to go to a um, studio to record anymore, you know, unless it's just a special, you know, a special occasion. But I don't even have to go to a studio anymore. I can literally just record in my home because because of IT, because I got into the tech field. I was able to elevate within a few years what I wanted to do in 10 years before that, you know? So like sometimes, you know, for some people, not everyone, sometimes some people have to jump into other fields, you know, that it's good fields too, just so they can get to the next, just so they can further their dreams. And don't get me wrong. I think I do love technology. I've always loved technology. So I don't think that, I think that, um, I always, I think I'll always be doing technology forever. Like I like software development. I mean, you know, I like creating things. I'm a creator. So, you know, when in technology, you were still a creator, you can create things with the computer. So technology is not going anywhere in my life either. You know, um, you know, so it's always surrounding us, even as musicians, artists, you have to record, you have to buy certain things. So you still have to learn a little techie stuff for your audio sets and stuff like that. So it's all intertwining, but you didn't know it at the time. You know, I got judged so harshly when I wanted to go to the tech program because people was like, oh, you need to focus on your music. What are you doing? You're trying to be a Jill, Jill of all trades. I'm like, whoa, are you anyone's investing in my stuff that's talking smack? Is anyone going to pay for me if I get sick in the hospital? Is anyone going to help me with my record or help me with a marketing campaign? No, they were not going to help me. So why in the world would I listen to them? So at the time, because, you know, sometimes you feel guilty, you know, you feel like you're cheating on your, your, your music, which is your, you know, your husband or wife, you know, you feel like, oh, I'm cheating on my husband or my wife, but really you're not cheating. It's really just, you know, you saying, I want to, I want to further this and I want to get out there and I'm going to do what I have to do. You know, they could be working at Starbucks or it could be maybe making $80,000 a year in the tech career, whatever you choose to do. It's okay. It's nothing wrong with that. And People can talk and talk and talk, but it's your life, it's your calling, it's your dreams, and that's just the bottom line. So to, to, to uh, speed this up, basically, why did I stay in the music industry? So I decided to stay in the music industry because 
It's my baby. I love it. And I know that I'm going to help change people's lives. And I know I've already changed a lot of people's lives. And my music is already everywhere on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on iTunes. It's Sequoia Blue. And those styles are different. I say, you know, I call myself abstract soul singer, but I, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow, to be honest with you, because when you work with different producers, when you just when you just grow, you your style may be different in one song. You don't, you know what I mean? Like, there's no rules. Like, there's no static, you got to stay this way. For me, you know, I think an artist is dynamic. You can, you can change, you can revolutionize, and that's the point of art. And I think that when people understand, well, true artists understand that. That's just the bottom line. And most of the time when I write music or I write books or whatever, it's coming from the spirit world. There's not even sometimes I feel like, well, where did I get this from? You know, I'm a true artist from the from the soul. So <laughs> that's why I could never stop doing music because it's coming from a spiritual world. It's not just for not just because I need to I just need to do this because I need money. No, I'm doing this because it's, it's coming from a spiritual world and that I, this is my passion and I want to help people with it. And also I also want to tell my stories because it's me at the end of the day. And if I don't make another dime from it, if I do 50 hours before I die and I don't make another dime, I'm okay with that. But I'm still going to be an artist because anytime you publish anything out there to the masses, you are a artist. Anytime you make one cent, one dollar, you are an artist. And so I don't need to, I don't, I no longer need anyone to stamp me, to slap me on the back and say, Sequoia, you made it because you got a Bentley. I don't need that. <laughs> I'm going to be a millionaire, but it, it, it might not be for music because I'm not going to change my baby for some somebody that just for anybody because every if you listen to everybody how you should make how you should change your baby how you should you know do your music or whatever you're not going to get anywhere because everybody's going to have a different doggone opinion one producer is going to tell you this one producer is going to tell you that one homegirl going to tell you that one homeboy going to tell you that and you be like well what do I do so at that point it's, it's almost like you got to really have a relationship with God talk to God and, and, you know, and go to some people that you really trust. That's fine to get opinions because uh, that helps, but go to God first, know what you're trying to do with that project. Know that this is your angle for that project and, and don't, and don't fall back on it. Just believe in yourself. And I think that's the one thing I lacked in my twenties. I didn't believe in myself. I wanted, I, I couldn't, I couldn't see it. I was like, you know, I always thought, well, I'm not, I need to be better. I need to be this. And you always got to be better. But I, I didn't think I was good enough. And because I wanted to do something different, I didn't want to sing like everyone else. I wanted to have fun with my music and rather than singing some sultry out of box way, that's me. And that's what I want to do because this is my baby, you know? So that's why I stayed in the music industry is because this is my passion. I love it. And I am doing just fine. I'm loving where I'm at. My music is independent artist. No one's telling me what to do. No one's over my neck. I can make money by just doing some ads and some somebody will see my music and, and buy it. And also people are always streaming my music. I get royalties every month. I can't ask for anything better than that. So I never thought I would be in a place where I'm just happy with my music and felt like, because what is making it? People make it seems like making it is having a Bentley and, and being on TV, that's not making it. I thought the same thing. Like I have to show people I made it because in my music, because they thought I couldn't make it and I even have a Bentley and you know, no, you don't have to. That's not how you have to do it. Making it is what you believe is making it. And I freaking made it. I freaking made it. I don't know what I did. 
I have my own studio and I, and I, I manifested this when I was a young girl. I said, I want my own recording studio. I want to be my own. I want to have my own rules. I want to be free. And I want just to get, if I can just have one, two people hear my music. I was like, I was going to be happy with that. But God was like, nah, I'm going to have thousands of people hear your music. So now I got thousands of people hearing my music. And even though I took a hiatus for years, like on and off hiatuses because of my insecurities in my 20s, I think that people still always found my music. But now I'm in a new situation where I'm confident and I don't care what no one thinks. And I'm going to put my music out there even more every, you know, and that's why I upgraded my equipment so I can put more music out there and get it out there to the masses so more people can enjoy my music and 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 um and also and maybe I can inspire other artists that are different style of singers so they can put out their music so I mean I think that's that's where I'm at you know is is that I'm enjoying this time now with my music more than ever before like I don't need any I don't need anybody to validate me and make me feel like oh I made it because I have a Bentley or I didn't you know whatever the case is I actually made it with music and I'm just getting better at it and I'm going to grow even more with it. And, and that's just with anything. And now then music was, like I said, my first business. I didn't know it was a business until later, but music is my first business is going to be my forever business. (laughs) And so for anyone that's questioning that Google me, Google Sequoia blue, look at what, you know, look at my numbers. You think, because a lot of times I felt like I've been too humble. You know, there a lot of people say be humble, right? But there's a fine line between being too humble and tooting your horn a little bit because people do need to know what you're doing. Some people do genuinely do want to know why are you doing music? Where is it at? And if you're too humble, no one knows anything. So now I make I'm making my duty to say, hey, check me out on Spotify. You know, check me out. See what see what I'm doing. Sequoia Blue, you know, dot com. Google Sequoia. S-I-Q-U-O-Y-I-A Blue, B-L-U-E, because I'm everywhere. I'm, this is my thing. This is my baby and I'm not going to stop. And to all the haters out there <laughs> that thought I was going to stop, <laughs> good luck to you. Sorry, it didn't work out for you because I'm actually happy and thousands of people are listening to my music and I get emails daily. I'm sorry it didn't work out, but I'm going to keep doing it and I'm happy I'm here where I'm at and um all I gotta say is that I want to tell other artists to do the same thing just don't give up if it's your true passion now if somebody's forcing you to do something and it's not really your passion don't do it because it's it's work it's not easy it's work to do music it's work to produce it's work to write and get things the way you want it doesn't feel like work to me you know because it's my baby but there's certain technical things that require work you know I kind of always want to sometimes I want to focus more on the creative side but the thing about it is to, to when you're starting off and you're by yourself, there's certain things you have to do on your own. But I do reach out to other people that help me as far as mixing and all this stuff until I get stronger. And even when I do learn how to mix, I'm still going to send it off to a um, someone that has been mixing for years to, you know, make sure that there's no any not any bugs or discrepancies in my code. I mean, not code. I'm thinking about coding, guys. I meant to say in my music to make sure that I edit it properly, you know, so that's just the thing. So I just wanted to, I just felt that heavy on my heart and I hope I inspired someone to keep doing their music. If it's your God given passion and you feel a spiritual connection with it and you feel like you're spiritually meant to do music, you know, and remember purpose is not uh, static purpose is dynamic. So that means you can do, you can have several purposes in your life. It's not, that's not everybody, but I'm someone that just so happen to have several purposes. So 
Until next time, everyone stay safe and stay blessed. And remember, things change when you change. And wherever you go, you are. Um, So check me out at sequoiablue.com. Go to newsorific.com for your latest news and updates. Check out the news blog. Subscribe. Subscribe to sequoiablue.com. If you are into uh, spiritual stores, go to esotericnoir.com. And everyone stay blessed out there. Stay strong and don't let the haters bring you down. (laughs) All right. Peace. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.